40% of men who are diagnosed with a mental illness report having never expressed mental or emotional distress to another person. For most men, this type of expression and vulnerability is not easy to achieve, but some perceive it as antithetical to masculinity itself. How could this be? It seems the culture of competition, peacockery, and rugged individualism has left intergenerational fractures in the collective male psyche. As this mindset continues to inform the everyday decisions of countless men, the maladaptive behavior it breeds has become increasingly apparent. Who teaches men what it means to be a man? How can the men alive today work to break the cycles of the past? Why do some men need their own brands of coffee and soap just to feel secure? Today in the community garden, we're cracking open some cold ones and talking about male mental health. This one's for the boys. All right, so. What's your name? Uh, I'm Nate. What's your name? My name is Alex. Oh, I'm Dom. <laughs> yeah, and you're listening to the Community Garden Podcast. And yeah, today we're talking about male mental health and just sort of you like should, you should read the icebreaker i should read the icebreaker yeah, okay, no, okay. I gotta, i'll answer first <clears throat> so the icebreaker for today is what hobby or interest do you have that challenges assumptions about masculinity so so yeah like uh, what hobby or interest do you have that is like um that people would not expect like at all just when they first met you just because they know you're a man my toes nails have been painted for like the past couple months i think we're, that's the one you were gonna we're go breaking yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah because well growing up that was like fucking never not a thought in my yeah. mind not even like getting manicures and pedicures that was more like normalized like just basic nail care but it's just hygiene yeah well like I, low key <laughs> i was letting Kaylin do it you know okay yeah it was like more of a sacrifice but she's asked like a year ago and i was just like no I think the like, barrier nah. on that one has been broken. I see lots of dudes have yeah, nails. Yeah, but well, that's like, is that the first question? I feel like it's still uh, breaking. Role models. Yeah, like, it's in the process of breaking yeah. through. Like, I feel like people, touchdown does it. Or yeah, like I was gonna say, there's several musicians it. who do it. Yeah. yeah, it's like I think trickled down that way. But yeah, yeah it's true. Some people will still think that's weird. Yeah, because even even in the in that circle, like people, some people be like, oh yeah, that's cool for like them, but then like. Other people also just like are like see the arts overall as feminine. So you know, there's that, that's like, what I was saying. Circle, there's di- different circles of like masculinity. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. There's su- there's subcultures of masculinity as well. As we'll get into more. Painting your nails in a rock con- context is like it's like punk. Even. Okay, yeah. yeah it's or like, it's like it's you cool. can't paint your nails, but you can uh, make them yeah, black with sharpie. It's but, like what is that? It's like the same yeah. thing. Or it's like having like long hair. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some people, especially men, further back in time, having yeah, long exactly. hair was like, you're a sissy just for having hair longer than like mm. four inches. But for me, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird because like I was trying to think, but then I realized I've had multiple interactions where people act like it's feminine that I have a BFA or that I'm just like an artist at all, which is like really weird to me. Like it's more of like, I feel like it ends up being more of like a city rural difference because mm-hmm. like people who are from the city are more acculturated and more like used to going to art museums and stuff like that it's like cool yeah i don't know but i have definitely had people act like just like making art is feminine which i'm like mm. what <laughs> <laughs> that just like ever since i was a, a kid that's like been my thing it's like creativity like, yeah exactly i'm like what feminine yeah uh, and it's like what if anything, the issue is that like the art world is like 
too masculine dominated like representation it's just yeah. like art museums are like all male art galleries are overwhelmingly male it's like yeah. what yeah. <laughs> that's just like the opposite yeah. of how I perceive it what, yeah like once again another like weird sub culture underneath it where it's like well if it's gonna be popular like it's gonna be like owned by men Oh yeah, it will probably yeah, it will just kind of like inevitably become male dominated. Yeah, the, like like patriarchy and yeah. like how the power is distributed. Yeah, it's kind for of real. Like a digression. Like I watched this documentary about Francis Bacon, or yeah, Francis Bacon, the painter. Yeah. Okay. Go and on. he had like a bunch of like gay lovers and stuff. Yes. And like one of them was abusive, but he was like. He was like hyper masculine though. He's a very like the, introduced like the interesting lover, he person. He was like a pilot and shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, like that was when homosexuality was illegal in Ireland, I believe. Oh, yeah, all of that shit was it was it was crazy. No, he's a super interesting dude. He would but, have like meat carcasses hanging in his studio and like would paint them as they were like rotting, and I don't know. That very kinda, very interesting but disturbing dude. Yeah. But that's a but good that, example of how his, like, he was a gay man living in a country where it was uh, a crime to be, to, like, I think sodomy was a punishable crime in Ireland at the time. So it was like he was fully repressed. He could not express himself at all. So, then, yeah, he well, ended up. so was the pilot, though. Like, it, I think that the, like, there could be like there's some gay dude that is like super masculine as fuck. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, there's a you bunch know what of, I mean? There's a, a bunch, bunch of, of yeah. that's, a, that's a regular thing. Like even more so than me probably type shit. Yeah. And I just think that's where like the lines get blurred, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or not necessarily blurred, but like I think it's just interesting. There's like a character on the wire like that. I think yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that becomes stereotype just because of the way that like um the patriarchy is like really intimately connected to heteronormativity in the and way sexuality. It, yeah in the way it maintains like the status quo yeah so yeah like i think due to, the, to that sort of like inherent conservative nature that is like associated with masculinity expectations that it just like that possibility of there being someone who is prototypically masculine but also is gay or just has a you know minority sexual expression it's yeah. like uh, I think that's why it seems like so unimaginable for some people especially more like I guess like reactionary type minded people but okay well yeah I mean, yeah, I yeah guess, what about you I guess for me it's like I mean I guess a ton of shit could be considered like feminine from other people than like perspectives that like I found interesting or that I think is cool like I don't know. I always thought, like, this is a funny and weird one. Like, so I was always into architecture, which would be considered, like, pretty masculine, I feel like. But then I was also always into interior design, which is, like, considered more feminine, which yeah. is... But they're, like, yeah, so obviously it's, connected it's and related. Weird in this, that was, yeah. yeah. So I was, like, so there was, like, that as a kid. Just in the house and outside. The men yeah, yeah, like, literally, yeah, literally, it's, like, like... Well, this is where the woman belongs. So you, yeah, you can even inside. see it. Like the man makes the house, yeah. and then the woman lives in it. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes it nice and tight. home and all that. Yeah, like, it's interesting. And then um, there's like a musicals, like you know, what I'm saying I remember like just like being in a musical at Tonka, uh, being in Hairspray on my senior year. 
And like, oh, some, yeah. Somebody was just like, oh, yeah, like, I thought she was gay. And I was like, uh, interesting. Thanks. No, I was like, I was like, interesting. Like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I like, hadn't thought about that. Yeah, just, musical. Just being in a musical, like, being a part of, like, the theater gang for the... I remember... I wasn't even, like, technically considered a theater kid by the theater kids, but I did, like, a musical my senior year, and I was in like theater one and theater two my junior and senior year so i was doing theatership then doing a couple of plays for class and whatnot i think and if people you were just like yeah you know they have so people just associated that stuff which i also find interesting because the niggas will talk about like actors that they think are so hard and i'm like they was probably like a theater kid at one point like my, yeah. maybe not all of them some of them might have gotten well, to later, but a lot the of dude. Them, will smith kissed the dude yeah like yeah and, and, he's, and he's still will smith yeah well and it's like yeah right and it's like interesting that like how, like, the subculture and, like, of, of shit and then, like, the weird exceptions to the rules that people subconsciously make that they don't even know that they're making. Because it's like, yeah, like I said, there's a bunch of shit that I was interested in that could be considered feminine. But then there's also, like, all these weird scenarios where you see that, like, people don't, like, people don't consider Denzel feminine but he could have been, like, one oh, of yeah. the most theater, you know, one of the most, like, silly, or, or the dude um, on Lovecraft Country who plays Montrose, who's, like, he's, uh, uh, I think everybody's far enough, he's gay, yeah. but, like, that dude, I think he made a short film, actually, like, about saying, like, why do people, why do black people, black guys like me always have to play, like, this type of role, and he, mm-hmm. like, does, like, a whole bunch of different type of roles within the film. Somebody told me about that. Uh, I think Eddie did. But, um, anyways, just like that type of shit, he, uh, he's playing this, he's playing, he says in the, in it, like, he talks about that even in the show about just like, as a man, I had to like kill the soft spot parts of me because men have sons and Mm -hmm. that means something. Like, and I was like, it's very interesting, like, what, because, I don't know, I guess, I guess we are kind of getting past the, like, icebreaker question. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because all I was going to say for that is just, like, to end my little pieces, based off, like, just hearing that little line, it's, like, it's interesting how uh, it's not just, like, masculinity is also, like, used and utilized. It's been weaponized and also has to be utilized as, like, a means for survival. So... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I've got, I think that was a good way to just kind of dive straight in. I've got six questions. I don't know if we'll hit them all, but I definitely want to hit the first one, which is, who's an example or role model that you consider to embody non-toxic male ideals? So pretty much just like a good positive male role model you either have in your personal life or look up to or both, but... uh, It's, honestly, when I wrote the question, I was like, it's kind of hard because like, I kind of wanted to think of someone who was more like prototypical like I can put them up there and I'm like a lot of people know who this is and they know like they'll recognize it but I've seen a meme going around that's like the holy trinity of male wholesomeness and it was like Steve Irwin and Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers and it was like but I I think that it the all three of those dudes do um serve as a pretty good example especially if you are familiar with it because a lot of people just will know them through like pop culture but it's just sort of that like they do have a lot of those traits that 
especially can express themselves negatively in men. Like, I look at someone like Steve Irwin, and I'm like, yeah, like, he was incredibly knowledgeable and really enjoyed, like, sharing his information with people in this passionate, acceptable way. Like, he wasn't mansplaining or condescending or something. He just, like, wanted to um, imbue knowledge in others and, like, express that and, like, and did it in this sort of, like, paternal way. You know, because, like, it was, like, also focused through the lens of, like, his family towards the end of his career. But it was just, like, yeah, I think that's a good example. Same with, like, Bob Ross. He's the, a good example of, like, I think at the, that time, especially, like, painting would have been considered feminine, right? Prob- I, I think. But, um, yeah, he's just, like, a nice, calm, like, stable person who, same as Steve Irwin, I still think has that sort of, like, um, patriarchal energy of just, like, bestowing down wisdom. And, you know, pass, like, which doesn't necessarily have to be masculine, but I just think he does it in this way that is, like, fatherly. Stoic. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just really feels like you're talking to and looking at someone who is this sort of, like, um, integrated form of masculinity where they have the positive traits and sort of like gotten through each of the individual conflicts they like in their, throughout their life that cause the issues of like being emotionally cut off or only expressing yourself through anger or having like misogynistic beliefs and things like that like Rogers is like a grandpa Yes, exactly. That's, I think, like, that sort of, like, grandpa energy, dad energy is, like, a good way to think of, like, positive, positive. yeah, like, a positive masculine force. But what about you guys? Uh, I was gonna say for real. For real? Yeah, for real, William. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He just seems like a good dude. I don't ever really hear him, like... I don't know. Just how he his perspective on life di- kind of doesn't f- fit. He seems Misogyny. more like humble and low key too. Yeah, and I think just on like, I think that's like the best way to like not be misogynistic is just like treat everybody the same, pretty yeah. much. Or like, I admire how like Kendall like oh, yeah. talks to everybody. Yeah, shout out Kendall. It's not absolutely. Like, I, that's a great sure. example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you just keep it regular to where it's not like, it's not creepy. Well, it, I, I don't know how to explain it. No, I'm, I, I'm I understand not what you mean because yeah, Kendall has that sort of energy <laughs> where he feels like the same. Yeah, he genuine. talks to everybody the same. Just, just treats you like kindly, kindly, like treats you like he knows you and trusts you. Just sort of like. Not in a um, way that feels like, oh, he trusts everybody or is, but he's like been around the block and knows it's easier to live life that way than, you know, living uh, fearfully or like disconnected, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess for me, like the couple I could think of is like, so like, the first one, I guess, would be like not even a real person. It'd be like 
Prince Ashitaka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Some fictional. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or 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 like a lot of the Iro characters. Iro is yeah. yeah. Iro. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and a lot of the other male characters from um, Ghibli films, because even the dude from Moon Rises, or uh, absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Like though, I could say like, cause I mean, a lot of our art holds our ideals anyway, right? So in those aspects, like fi- certain fictional characters like them, cause uh, yeah, I mean, to go off of of Prince Ashitaka, I guess like he had like a sense of responsibility and duty to his family and to protect people and had like a sense of value of sacrifice and what it meant to like make the sacrifice to be banished from his family to protect his family making a very complicated decision yeah and and he was also but he had like good discernment like it's like Mm -hmm. because he was like he had to make that decision in like a split second and he did it and like you know what yeah, I'm like right at the beginning, he just had to like do that, and then to take that hardship the, to be disconnected from his family, to be cut off, and all this, and not like, and just to be like, I'm gonna go try to face my destiny. I'm not gonna like he didn't he didn't curse anybody out for it. He didn't like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yes. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't angry, or and even if he was, he like uh, uh, just. What's it called? He uh, expressed it in healthy ways. Cause yeah, and he his determination and his yeah. certainty. Yeah, yeah, he just, he protect he, he like, and he, he also, I think, when, you know, he saw th- something like bigger than himself. He saw, he could, he could see beyond just himself. He wasn't selfish because his whole journey after that was like, he assumed he was going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. And he was just trying to find the truth about what was causing such pain in the land and stuff and whatnot. But that's, like, one example. But then, like, my real-life example is, like, my Uncle Tony. Uh, just, like, a good dude who has never talked. Like, I've never heard him or, or seen him even, like, make a a bad... I don't know, just like any type of. He's just a good person. It's like wow, like this is just a good, good dude who like is always positive and takes you know what I'm saying like life one step at a time and and has like a just like a positive outlook and like he like growing up like never had to like feel like he you just like you know like experience is the best teacher like so he wasn't like. He wasn't into like shaming you or like anything if you made a mistake or did something wrong. He was just like, you know, I'm saying that's that's fine. Like, you know, you just he was just like all about. He's a he's a fourth grade or fifth grade teacher, so like teaching is like what he's what he does, and he's like mm-hmm. super empathetic and like super humorous and knows how to make you laugh and like is all this stuff and super respectful and just like people all like and yeah and he like talks kind of similar to how we're talking to like he talks to everybody the same he like treats everybody with the same level of respect and, and kindness and stands up for what he believes in and like Absolutely. that type of stuff so it's like all right cool like that's the that was like a real positive one of the most positive male role models in my life yeah absolutely but, yeah <clears throat> okay so i guess this is this one's like a little more serious and i think we'll kind of get at the core of some of the problems that men deal with but what were you told about crying when you were younger 
Or like, what did you think about? Like, I was not supposed to cry, no matter what happened. <laughs> Just like if someone died, or if like, uh, you know, you fall, you get hurt or something, mm-hmm. you don't cry. And were you, do you feel like you were directly taught that, or yeah, my, my dad definitely like pushed it a lot, but. It's only in hindsight, like, my mom has told me certain things that I didn't even realize that my dad told me. But, like, I mean, I got to cry still. Mm-hmm. But I would say I do have a harder time, like, crying. Like, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I could feel, there's been t- a lot of times this year, a whole lot of times this year. And I've been better at crying. But, uh... That I just like was like, damn, everything's fucked up. I want to cry right now, but like, nothing would come out. <laughs> it's like dry heaving. Mm-hmm. I kind of experienced that too, and then it's, there's almost like this like um, pain seems like too directive a word, but just like pressure, and you yeah. can like feel like it's if like, I could cry, I would feel a lot better yeah it's like throwing up yeah for real for real like that's how it's like you're emotionally you got an emotional stomach ache mm-hmm. and you can't cry and get that catharsis what is that the I don't know if I'm using that catharsis, word catharsis yeah yeah like you don't know, get that relief from the ritual mm-hmm. it's like uh, if you hold your bladder too long you fucking you have problems later in life uh-huh. like if you don't go pee oh, you yeah. have to pee and shit but yeah exactly. that's like I could see how it's like affected me like deeply through. Yeah. In my case, uh, I don't know, I guess like the pressure didn't like super much like come at home or anything because like it was just kind of like if anything at times crying was just treated like a nuisance maybe sometimes at most. And I mean, I was raised by my mom and my grandma for real, so, like, really, yeah, I don't really remember too much of it happening, like, at my house, more of it was just, like, at school, and it wasn't even, like, nobody taught it to me, it was just, like, bro, you know, if, like, you just, like, could see other, you could just see that by watching, like, I like for niggas start crying in school, you're gonna get roasted. Like, or something. The scene is, or, like, is weak. Yeah, you just no knew, matter what. I, you just knew it was embarrassing, so it'd be like, and, and, I've always been a person and just like not uh, uh, I don't like anybody to be able to hold shit over my head or like to have like a power over me so it was just like don't cry in front of nobody like just you just keep that you know what I'm saying right there mm-hmm. it wasn't really yeah so it, I got I think I got more pressure that from just like society than, than at my actual house but it just like transferred to my house cause like then I would do it there <laughs> like be like alright well shit you that, know what I'm saying I totally agree I feel like for me it was mostly absorbed like societally and like kind of more just like ambiently through culture cause like I was definitely um taught to talk about my feelings and stuff like that at home I mean my mom is a therapist so sort of like this is kind of inevitable that's, that's like that's cheating that's a part of, <laughs> that's like yeah, a part of the gig though. like yeah. it, it was like I was like six and it was like and how does that make you feel and why, like yeah. why that sort of thing <laughs> Yeah, you like, on the couch. Exactly. How was your day? And just stuff like that. Um, but I definitely remember at some point in elementary school really feeling that like 
pressure from other men to be more like oh, unemotional oh, oh. or just kind of like always yeah pretty much just like yeah the only real emotion you'll like really outwardly express is like anger and everything else is sort of like subdued so then it's like that kind of just leads to like oh if you're anxious or scared you can only really express that through anger if you're sad you can really only express that through anger like just all these different Didn't emotions lead a lot of albums. yeah it's like the only channel that you can like express those through and I think like um, I don't know. I think that's something that like all men struggle with to varying degrees. I mean, it's people. It's a very human thing in general too to just express anger or sadness or sadness or like, uh, fear rather through anger because it's just like you, it's less vulnerable. Shit. You don't have you know. It's like going on the offensive instead. Like you're just kind of like shifting that externally to kind of like displace your discomfort on other people yeah. rather than processing it yourself you know and crying is such a part of you it's like your first it's yes like it's, your first thing there's like a very primordial you, <laughs> I, you know yeah. what I mean like that Completely. like it's, it's like the main like, release valve for yeah. emotional distress it's like the main way to just get it out and it's like we kind of like collectively as men the idea that we like deny ourselves that is like crazy that is like never going pee I think. Like, you, I mean, you deny yourself a lot when you just deny yourself crying because you didn't like everything that like, comes with crying it. Crying is like a pretty because crying is like a pretty intrinsic part of like grieving. Like you can like can kind of deny yourself Absolutely. like grief just by like not having that cry. Like because you know you see like certain movie scenes that are kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? Where like there's a dude who like somebody close to him passed like five years ago and they tell like they break down like I never cried about it and they mm-hmm. start crying like it's like damn nigga you never grieved like for five years after yo and that yo, doesn't go away I mean yeah that just like, buries damn, itself yeah, deep, it's like, deep that shit yeah that shit was right there still like underneath everything like you were probably frustrated because of that still you were probably you know what I'm saying there mm-hmm. were so many things that probably like was the underlying factor or one of the main underlying I mean, factors that's why that people, like was poking at you. Yeah, that's why people develop so many different issues in life. You know, that's why you... That's a, a big story for a lot of people who struggle with drug, like drug addiction or any... Like, that can literally manifest it's like that mental story. illnesses in itself. Like, What's that, like that princess in the pee? You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. that story. It's like, no Absolutely. matter how many mattresses she stacked on the pee... She could. She still couldn't sleep right. She could just feel it underneath. That small. That small little thing. That's like your brain, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like a. It could be the smallest little thing, but if you didn't deal with it, like you show it, you know, what I'm saying acknowledge it and, and do what you needed to do to process it. It's just like sitting in your unprocessed files. Just, just yes. like. And, and like you know how you know how your computer will like give you just reminders of shit that you do, it'll be like put it off for an hour. I need to update. Yeah, it'll be, it'll yeah. Be, yeah, it'll be like update, and it'll be like right now, wait an hour, or like wait twenty four hours. I mean, mm-hmm. you just keep hitting twenty four hours, just like next day, next day. Absolutely. But you keep getting a reminder every day, every like it just pops up. It's like hey, <laughs> hey. And like, Am I doing yet? you still know that, like subconsciously, you still know that, and mm-hmm. your brain makes a lot of decisions based on what it knows subconsciously. So like, your behavior is still influenced by it in ways that are gonna be like pretty much imperceivable to you as mm-hmm. long as you fail to address it and like confront it for real. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I know a lot of criers now. I'm trying. I I'm trying to get there. I, my main problem is like I can do it 
by mice when I'm like alone That's and things wrong. like that. But yeah, I I still struggle with like being vulnerable around other people. I mean, it's not like you got to be able to cry in front of everybody. Right, exactly. <laughs> you just, well, yeah, it's kind of a privilege to trust someone that much, it, for real. Exactly, in general. Like, that's cool. Like, you don't cry in front of everybody. But, you know what I'm saying? If, if there's, like... There's some people who you got to be able to cry in front of. Just because, you know what I'm saying? You'd be like, dang. Like... And some people try to have that be, like, one person. That's yeah. another problem I think people hit. Like, a lot of men, it's like... Oh, yeah. They'll only do that, like... To their, to their girlfriend wife, or wife or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and it's like... Nah, I mean, like, you can you can add some people to that yeah. list. Like, you really can. For sure. You just have to be willing to do it. That's, like, one of the, yeah, that's like one of the things, like, uh, societies, like, like, the way women have set themselves up in society, or have been set up, I don't know, uh, like, works in their advantage emotionally, is that, like, they're, they can cry to each other and not feel in no type of mm-hmm. way. Like, and it's pretty easy. With male friends don't do that quite as often. Like, not even, probably nowhere near as often. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's helped me, though. Like, River doing it so much has helped me, like... Normalizing it. Yeah. Because now I got to the point to where I, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Like, if you were to start crying right now, I wouldn't, like, have a panic attack and be like, what the fuck is going on? Of course, I, I think that's, like, twofold because it's, like... The more serious you perceive crying, then you'll yeah. perceive it being that serious in other people too. It just like, like you know what I mean. She'll cry yeah. if, if you had a bad enough day, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I won't, I'd be wanting to punch walls instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, ah, let's break something. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's like a, a part of psychology I've been like super interested in. Probably in the last like six months is like somatic expressions mm-hmm. of your like mental states and just like the way your central nervous system is is influenced by your inner psychology because like that is inc- way more common in men is having your depression only manifests itself in physical symptoms you're sore you're tired like you can't um like feel pleasure stuff like that it's like, constipation that's actually yeah I, I just I just learned that last night I'd never true. seen that listed as an official symptom for depression but it's had it listed as one for depression in older adults like they like well just have like they just can't poop <laughs> I was like sucked. I know I was they like man sad as hell and just on food you'd be like god damn it some shit is stuck in here but I, I think it's really important for men to know that cause like I think that well, you know, a lot of people just in general just kind of think of depression as just like, oh, you're sad or, or whatever. But like, um, I think that if men were more educated on that, they'd be better at like reading the signs. Because yeah, like that's sort of, that, I think that's why so many, um, it, it's just become sort of like a meme at this point, honestly, but just like the idea of, yeah, like, it, like a dude who can only express his emotions through like punching holes in the wall or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, you like that's because You're his body is attuned to express all of his emotions physically, and his like muscles are on fire. Because yeah. like that sort of that discharge just gets exerted like purely through your CNS. It's like that's crazy. Because like just thinking of it, like how everyone's perspective is different and how they experience like their mental states is different. Because yeah, like in that moment, that like your body is like on fire. But it's like that's a torture you're putting yourself through by not expressing yourself through much more 
logical means. Like it could be water, it. but it is fire now instead. Yes, exactly. Like if you just flown through it, exactly. It's just like uh, the not to like go on like not to go on too deep, but yeah, I started reading about polyvagal theory, which is like looking at PTSD specifically through like how it impacts your nervous system, pretty much. Yeah, and just learning about it is just like so wild to then connect that to what I already know because it's like yeah so much of what's going on mentally for you especially like as a man will be more like through your body and you just have to get to the point where you can really like listen to it and be in tune with it yeah I I would say oh like I do yoga we was talking I was talking about doing yoga and shit earlier but that's another thing that was considered feminine that Oh yeah, that's a good example for sure. But when you say that, like I do feel things like more in my body, like I'm more of like that's good hands on. Absolutely. When you'll just like feel it more like we were just talking about that before we started recording. Like you know, it's energy. It doesn't have to like you don't have to think of it as like anxiety necessarily. You can just like but just being able to feel that and sense that yeah name yeah but just feel that like state of energy kinda like where is it ebbing and flowing in you and like when it's different. Like is it like um super strong in certain situations maybe you're like more stressed, stuff like that. I remember there would be times where I would get like lectures from my dad and I would just listen the whole time because it would be like a conversation but it wasn't it was just like him talk to me and I would just be quiet and pissed and then it'll be time for me to say something and it's like I don't have any words and I'm just standing there crying and it's like now I'm pissed off because I'm crying mm-hmm. and then it's like you told me not to cry or like anytime I would see him cry I would think of him as like you know like like weak like I've talked to him about it before too is like fucking <laughs> it, it's hella weird well I think that is such a major problem with um, those sort of expectations because they're sort of twofold like it sucks to feel them and then you're likely to perpetuate them cause you'll like you know you'll see other people like do you know like for example like thinking that crying is weak it's a burden on yourself but then you're like likely to perceive other people you know as weak for doing it and then that reifies the entire process and makes it like further internalized I don't know but it's kind of helped though to like open it up a little more oh yeah because now it's like because it is just energy but it would be a lot healthier if like like he was raised on different values so like Mm -hmm. some of that shit got passed down to me but some of it is like and that's a bit my, like, my body is telling me like no this doesn't make sense well that's because you know you know by being influenced by other factors and different things that he wasn't exposed to you know like when he was your age yeah so I think that's a big part of it but okay um let's see oh yeah so this this question is like um the evolution of your kind of like relationship with masculinity like how do you feel like you've integrated the um aspects of masculinity and sort of like grown past some of the more like um negative aspects like repressing your emotions and things like that and like how has that changed throughout your life uh just through like learning different definitions i kind of like it's simpler for me to just do like left brain right brain 
Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I think, yeah. So, like, but I, I've just kind of tried to use logic to, like, open it up. Because, like, okay, so it's not... So when someone is crying in front of me and, like, comforting somebody, like... I don't want to be like hyper masculine and like just get over it because right. I don't like that shit. But I also don't want to be like I'm not gonna cry with you because that's not that's not real. I think it's more it's like uh, I perceive it as purpose and like standing on certain values, and one of those values being like growth and like how you how you uh, face certain challenges in life. I don't know how to explain it. No, I get what you're saying. It, it's such a, it's a weird thing to define. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel, I feel masculine, but I, I also, like, am not, like, the traditional masculine. I'm, like, soft-spoken and shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I honestly don't give a fuck about any of that shit, to be honest. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But it's like you're... Su- you're secure and comfortable in the way that, that exactly, I think people yeah. who are like toxic aren't, and that's why they are toxic because they're sort of like trying to project this ideal of masculinity outwardly to give the impression that that's like who they are, but it's, that's a facade. You know, they're kind of wearing it like as a mask. Yeah, I always just thought she was like tight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I try and I use hard for shit a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, that shit hard. And it could be like you could have just like took your first steps or something. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking legend is like standing up and I'm like, yo, you fucking hard, my nigga. Mm-hmm. Or Caitlin painted my toes. And I was like, yo, that shit's tight as fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Just keeping it regular and like as long as you honest, I think, yeah, I define it as just like whatever the truth is. It, it does it does this really matter? that is defined as masculine or not you are like I don't know some people just be it, people just be focused on the wrong shit and I really don't have time for it <laughs> like I Thanks. yeah it's just too much going on and well, I, I just, I just wanna shit on you for having painted toenails it's like right now well with all the shit going on no well people, like, people think <laughs> love is like isn't masculine and I think that's what's yeah. the real crime. Like, love is in masculine. You know what I mean? Yeah, in love and in that, like, surrendered, vulnerable yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, being vulnerable is in masculine. And I, I think that's a fucking lie because... That, yeah, it takes that's, courage and a exactly. lot of different things strength, that are... So, yeah, yeah, and strength and self-sacrifice and a lot of different things to be vulnerable that people would, on their own, perceive as being masculine. It's, it's easier to put up the farce or, like... It's easy to be like, oh, that's gay. You know what I mean? Instead of being open. Like, it's easy to put up hella walls than to, like, just accept people for, like, who they are. Absolutely. Because then you might start thinking about who you are. And that's scary. (laughs) Some people don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, some people feel like they will be changed. Or, like, Mm -hmm. I know I had, like, I struggled with, like, being homophobic. But then it was like, I found out my cousin that is, like, my sister is gay. And then that was just like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm just going to treat her the same. Like, I can't not. But then I got to treat everybody like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. Like, if you kind to me, 
the, I don't give a fuck if you masculine or feminine or a fucking dog or a squirrel. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. Just respect, too, is, like, a important thing. Just respect and honesty. You know the fucking golden, the golden rules? It's getting really intense for me. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't define it. I didn't have the words to, like... No, I think you, you touched on it, for real. Fucking shit. <laughs> That's been... It's been, like, a battle my whole life, I think. Just, like... What's one of the questions? Like, how has patriarchy affected you? Or like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's that's like that. That's how like my whole how my dad thinks and how my dad raised me, and like how and breaking out. Yeah, just like society, like everything is. I grew up in a, a, a patriarchal capitalist society, so like that's just how it is. It's always been it's always pressure to do shit, but like. No, I don't want... I'm not going to, like... It doesn't affect me as much anymore. Like, I'm not going to have high blood pressure because, like, people were talking about fucking... Everything's masculine and... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not about to stress out over that shit. I'd rather stress out over the shit that I actually care about. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to be thinking, like... Oh, you weak for crying. Like, yeah, I would cry, too. (laughs) Like... I want to cry too. I'll be jealous. I would be jealous like when I was younger. I'm right now, but like someone take the wheel. Because <laughs> like, no, nah, but I would get jealous of people just like being able to be emotional. Like when my little brother, like how he, he having like them being more like understanding. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, uh, it's bittersweet because like that's what I wanted, but that's why I wanted, I wanted that for me. Like you know, like I didn't get kids, guinea, guinea pig yeah. and it's cool. Like all this forgiving, but uh, yeah, man, I I'm kind of like forming it all into like one question, cause like I I think I would uh I don't know, I can appreciate how I was raised, and I don't know if it's how I was raised or just like who I am. As far as like t- talking about feelings and it being expressive and shit, like you were you were taught to be expressive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily like talk. or at least to just like describe my feelings. Yeah, like I well, you know, I didn't have words. That's why it's like it, I feel kind of weird talking right now, or like I feel like I'm talking too long because like. I'm not used to just like you're working through it. Yeah, 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 like I'm feeling through it. And for real, that's like my edge talking about feelings and shit. Cause sometimes I got the words, but sometimes I don't. Like sometimes you just gotta cry. But like if exactly. you can, if you can't though, like that's what we did before we had words. <laughs> when we were, you know, infants. Yeah, bro. But I guess like if you don't have that cycle of like expressing crying grief or whatever you know like the grief cycle mm-hmm. I think you're gonna grieve with a lot of things cause a lot of things not gonna be in your life you know like mm-hmm. and it it could be as simple as like my phone is dead like you don't have that's like people grieve over their phones mm-hmm. the process is faster but like um, I don't know I think I just kinda hit some some philosophical shit boys <laughs> okay. it's all spirals so what about you Dom's <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, like, how have you, uh, like, how has your relationship with patriarchy sort of like evolved through your life? 
And how have you um, worked through some of, like, the obstacles of feeling, like, pressure to be, like, stereotypically male? Like, in expressing your emotions or really embracing, Uh, like, your hobbies? I I guess... I don't know. I guess for me, since I, like... I've been a writer, so, like, I I wrote wrote my first two songs and I was, like, nine. Like... And I think, for me, instead of, like, not necessarily growing up in a house where, like, people were asking, like, how are you feeling, like, all the time. But, uh, I was just, I don't know. I guess I didn't talk to people. I internalized other shit, but then I just, like, would write. And that's why, like, I became kind of cool with expressing my emotions anyway. Uh, because then I started cool. Yeah, first it was writing, so it was just expressing. It was like able to express them to myself, and then it translated to performing eventually. So I had to express them to others, and it was like all the legendary niggas do this. So <laughs> mm-hmm. like anybody you it's really what makes fuck, great art. anybody you actually fuck with does like make you feel some shit because they just they was feeling some shit. So I was like, so I think I subconsciously soaked a lot of that up to music, um, and then like as far as my relationship with masculinity in general, I don't know. I think it just... I don't know. There weren't really that many, like, aha moments. It was just really just, like, I just naturally started to... You know, you know me. I think about, like, philosophical shit all the time. So, like, I guess, like, the main aha moment was just being, like... I think it really started when I started thinking about masculinity in general, like, other than, because to- I mean, I thought of toxic masculinity because of Twitter a bunch, and, and it was like, okay, like, okay, I see what y'all saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then, like, and fucked up. Then I saw, like, a, some, like, like, the transgender movement, and I think that, like, uh, made me think about it in a, another light, because... I just saw, like, identity politics and stuff, like, get a, another big rise when the uh, trans community, uh, like, I, I mean this as respectfully as possible, just, like, when it started, like, getting, like, trending on Twitter, when it started, like, being, mm-hmm. like, a big talking point on Twitter, I mean, uh, when that happened, like, I was started thinking about it being, like, okay, you know, I was thinking about identity politics in general a lot at that point, and just, like, in all facets from gender to sex to race to uh religion and everything and i was like okay politics jeez politics (laughs) sorry (laughs) but um and i started like taking it in a like kind of a philosophical ish range and also just thinking about like hit a historical context and i was like what is it? Like, what are we talking about when we talk about any of this? Low-key, like, masculinity, femininity, like, literally what the fuck is niggas talking about? Because y'all defined it different every different century, every different yeah. culture, geographically. Like ever-changing. Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even know what you're talking Like, it's just human energy to me at this point, so I don't give a fuck about none of the labels, like, about, of, of, of as far as masculine and feminine. And maybe if you we start stripping away more societal, like, things maybe we'll find a more core meaning of what both of those things are possibly but then like because like 
there might be like I don't know like I put it like this there is definitely something to be said about like woman uh, a woman's energy versus a male's energy you know what I'm saying but like at the same time I partly don't know how much of that is influenced by society and just like my you know the relationship we already built it's very hard to say if it's just that type of like uh it's like almost like aspect of per- dynamic of personality and it's just right. like that's how that person expresses themselves yeah or if it's like there's something more um because I put it like this to I, it, not I, necessarily I, metaphysical yeah, but I like, believe there's something to a man and a woman but then like masculinity and, and, and femininity they seem like too strict constructs to put on either of them in general to me mm-hmm. in a weird way just because nigga like alright it's like a nigga cross dressing or, or just like wearing a dress cause that's what he wanna do today is like feminine to society but at the same time like niggas is wearing kimonos and and, and kilts mm-hmm. and wearing whatever else the fuck that looked basically kinda like a dress all through the past hell mm-hmm. is for centuries like niggas been doing all this the other that niggas was wearing uh like exonerated jewelry and now that like is like considered either like you're a showboaty man or uh feminine to be wearing like a whole bunch of accessories and stuff or whatever like uh uh there are different um um tribe like like uh i remember watching i don't know how how accurate this is but i remember watching that one barroom dance movie with antonio banderas as a barroom teacher to like some kids in a, a school in the or uh, some hood school or some shit and he was like talking to them about how like in certain tribes like they like he was talking about the history of some dances and how they came about and he was like yeah they would dance this and like they they said the fiercest warrior should be able to dance as gracefully as this that and it's like okay so it's just like so everybody have a different definition. So what are we talking about? Like even mm-hmm. we're like like the only things I can think of that maybe at some core is like fatherly and motherly attributes. Like and even those to me are like just yin and yang, like so close to each other because it's like yes, y'all both supposed to care for your for your cubs, for your little ones. You're supposed to be loving. Maybe there are different things you guys teach each other, but at the same time, and it's just like. And I don't want to get this too much into, like, identity politics or whatever, but, like, I was just going to say, like, maybe the mom's just the one that, like, had the baby through the birth canal, and the dad's just the one who, like, you know, dropped off the semen, and then, like, y'all's, how you teach the, like, y'all just balance each other out, whoever you are, whatever your personality is, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, in, in in a context of, you know not a, a, a heteronormative relationship just generally you know y'all are both teaching the child lessons that only you can teach them like y'all teaching them ones together as a unit and then you guys are also probably teaching them you know little separate lessons as individual parents or guardians or whatever and y'all just like having that little balance so like i still don't know like yeah what i'm saying is like I don't even know what we're talking about, Loki. What is it? What you, like what, that, what? What's your definition and based on what? That's the experience I had. Like when <laughs> I first became more interested in thinking about gender, more like abstractly, I started watching a lot of like YouTube video essays and stuff, especially like contrapoints. And I reached this 
level where I was just like, oh yeah, this is like, I I think of it as like, at like arbitrary, as like, as race or anything else that's like this mm-hmm. social construction, and that was really the moment where I was just like, oh, this is, that's wild, and you sort of have this like. Uh, this relationship where you have your own personal like gender identity but then you also have that uh, interaction with the other and like the way they treat you and talk to you had like informs your expression and vice versa you know what I'm saying like I guess it's sort of like a dialectic in that way because it's like if you like want, if you, you know identify as male, then you learn about maleness by talking to other people and their experience with it, mm-hmm. and then you integrate that and decide like, oh, does that go with my definition of maleness or not? Like it's mm-hmm. just it's such a wild process that we're doing that all the time, constantly with each other, and it's just constantly uh, tweaking and altering. I'd rather not. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's so, exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, at this point, like, I'm sure maybe subconsciously I might do it still sometimes, but, like, I really don't care, bro. It's not necessary (laughs) for me to survive. Like, it's not as important as defining danger and, uh, like, delight. You know what I mean? I do think that is, like, an important aspect to concern is, like, that sort of, like, disconnection or like not caring i think is like probably ultimately what's best like just in general but it also goes it's worth mentioning that like especially like women they can't have that sort of disconnect because the reality of them being a woman will impact them like they will hit road you know what i mean like they will hit roadblocks in life that are imposed like via patriarchy Mm -hmm. and they have to like do that because they don't have a choice, you know. Same with non-binary people and, you know, anyone who doesn't, like, identify as male. But, um... Or, yeah, like, cis people especially. But, like, um... I don't know. I just think it's, um... Important for us as men to, like, remember that. Because there are a lot of times that I don't even, like, think about it. I don't even, like, think about gender take it into consideration but i think for some people it's something like especially like especially for just broadly women like they have to they have to worry about Mm -hmm. those things they feel you know they can't go out at night and go for a walk by themselves like they they have to think about it in those terms like far more regularly Mm but yeah no that's facts it's a okay it's complicated i got one last question to wrap it up and it is how would you prepare a younger generation of men to differ from the ways in which you were raised? So, once you're an old head or middle-aged head, I guess. We're old heads already. I it low-key, I'm already having interaction with kids, and I'm like, fuck, you're the future, and I'm the old person, and you're, like, listening to me. This 36. Is <laughs> 36, guys. I feel 36 after this year, for real. Fucking, nah, I mean... We're not gonna raise them soft. <laughs> raise them just like my daddy oh, raised me. I think me. things are gonna nah. be crazy enough uh, in the world that we don't need to worry about that. I don't think. <laughs> I would just say. <laughs> I, I think. I think life is gonna harden them pretty quick. 
I think uh, it, it's about like raising them with to like communicate and Absolutely. just being being open and honest with them. That voc that dimension of vocabulary, just yeah, like really making it like accessible and normalizing it. The more the more fluent like disagreements and miscommunications and misunderstandings can be like how you settle those the better it could be so like absolutely there's like certain shit I can't hide from like like fucking Christian or Caitlin so you just gonna have to like talk about it not like super in depth but like we acknowledge that okay there's a poop on the floor <laughs> we don't we don't know who pooped on the floor but <laughs> we both know there's, there's, going a, yeah. there's, a, there's a poop on the floor I think a lot of people just in general like don't realize how much you can level with kids for real like my niece is four and like if she asks me a question I just explain it to her yeah Mm -hmm. just kind of just like like unless unless if it is in like a very specific hotbed of context of topic you know like if she asks me like what happens when you die I'm probably not gonna (laughs) there's yes there's certain things like we'll talk about I only have an opinion on that we'll talk about that here's the deal you're asking the wrong guy because like I can't even really give you what is this no one ever really yeah exactly all right but (laughs) I'll I'll talk to you when you have an opinion on that as well but yeah like if she asks me a question I just explain it for real like and I know my my brother and my sister-in-law have done that raising her. Like, she asks a question, like, you know, kids do. It's crazy how many times kids really do ask sort of, like, profound questions and people just, like, botch the answer. Or just, like, well, take it as a moment to pretty much, like, indoctrinate them in a specific, like, ideology or philosophy. But they might not even realize it. But like, I think where, the like, the tone of how you give the answer to. Like, oh, yeah. tone, tone has to be... Well, tone matters, honestly, more with kids because, like, they're not going to understand every word you say. Well, some, yeah. But the way you say it in the, like, they pay attention to all those things. Body language. That's, I think, what people forget is, like, the only thing this kid might not know is the word you're using. Yeah. They are reading your body language. They're listening to your tone. They are paying attention. And if they don't know a word, they'll just ask, too, also. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) for real. So... See, if she asks you about, like, death and shit, and then you're just like, oh, my God, it's fucking terrible. She's going to be terrified. Right, exactly. I, or, like, even if, like, some... Or if I give her... Like, like crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... You know, some people get asked questions they don't want to think about. You know, like, if you're talking... Well, bringing it to masculinity specifically, you know, if you are a man who is insecure in his masculinity or maybe like have a repressed sexuality or something like that and your son asks you a question about that you're gonna give a harsh ass answer and it's gonna be because you're like overcompensating because you're trying to like that's kind of how you still talk to yourself because you are like concealing and repressing those parts of you so like that's asking a lot that's asking us to be better people. Exactly. That, that is the challenge, though. Basically, yeah. yeah. If you want to raise better, a better generation, be, be a, better, be a better generation, like, they go hand in hand because you're just going to pass down the mistakes of the past, like, to the future if you don't correct them. Yeah, kids learn through osmosis and observation, so just, they, like, 
are little sponges. People don't realize it, but for real, just think about back when you were five. You felt like you were pretty old, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's because you you were paying attention. You knew stuff. Like, there's a reason why you always feel like um, the most attentive and most connected at any present moment and you always look back and are like oh I didn't know what I know now but you go through that process your whole life yeah. like I think that just in general um, really being mindful of just those small things you might automatically say or pass down really stop and think about like what you're saying to someone because you might not realize in what ways you're like like especially like with maleness like perpetuating negative traits or behaviors just in little subtle things you do or say to younger men like mm -hmm. you have to just be sensitive to it and yeah. kind of view yourself as a role model because like whether you uh want to or not if you're talking to someone who's like 10 and you're and you're 25 you are more than double the time they've been alive older than them yeah <laughs> so like they look at you like their grandpa <laughs> like this, which is the same. They're like, well, you know stuff. Is it? Yeah, sensitive. Like, I would say more attentive. Because yes. how like, like if yeah. you have like a sensitive reaction. Because like, so like if you, they trigger something, that could be help bad. them express their emotions. Yeah, be just yeah. It's I'm probably just like I imitate like the, the things. I guess I. Can, the things I now I guess we can reflect on and see how they positively affected me just like take that shit and add a few more like conscious consciously thought out things and be like alright so I'm gonna add this and help my my future little little bros little men's do that thing cause basically I'll just say like be more conversational because that yeah. I feel like that's what like a that's like one of the basic things that like a lot of uh father-son relationships be be talking about they be like yeah I don't really me and my dad didn't really talk like that like even if you grew up with them they just be like yeah like we didn't really like talk like that unless it was like about sports or it was about something else or like it was like specific shit that they had to talk to their pops about but they didn't talk about these other things with their pops or something like that but I think conversation, just because people, you know what I'm saying, we always forget, like, it's so much of the reason that cats resort to other shit is because they just don't got vocabulary. So it's just, like, linguistics. Like, just having people talk around you in general. So, like, when I moved here, like, we were always uh, hanging out with, like, my uncles and aunts. And it would be, like... Like, all my uncles and all my aunts and my cousins, and, and there would just be a lot of conversations happening, you know what I'm saying, in general. But then, like, there would be big group conversations, and it would just be, like, hearing, I would just, like, hear the adults and, like, how they talk to each other, how they express themselves and whatever, whatever. And it was, like, everybody was, like, I mean, I heard tons and tons of different conversations between them, but it was just, like, hearing people express themselves in a healthy manner, too. It was just a healthy group of friends, basically, my aunts and uncles were just like all really fucked with each other and loved each other and was and respected each other and like I've seen I you know what I'm saying I've seen them argue and apologize to each other in respectful way you know what I'm saying I've seen them do all that so it's just like simply just doing that just being like oh yeah I'm gonna just like 
live. It's like everybody. I'm just going like not live with a mask on for my kids, so then he don't feel like he got to live with a mask on, mm-hmm. or, or for any 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 of my kids. Like they just no pun intended, huh? Said no pun intended. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> If COVID, if COVID is isn't uh, hasn't passed, <laughs> he might be wearing a mask on regardless. But uh, nah, but I mean, just like, like yeah, you're gonna see me like be a a, a full human, not just whatever. Which because a man is a full human, just like a woman is a full human. So you're not gonna see me be like, you're gonna see me be uh, because I'm gonna be a father. I will be like, you know, trying to be the uh, the best version of myself possible. But you're also gonna see me mess up or whatever. But then you're gonna see me recover from mess ups because that's just gonna be real life. And you gotta, that's like the other lessons I gotta teach you too. Mm -hmm. I can't teach you to not mess up because that don't make sense. How you respond to? Yeah, I gotta teach you to respond to life. So you're just gonna see me do life like I'm, and you gonna do life, and we gonna have fun doing life and. That could come in any way, and I'm not gonna like try to define what your manhood is. I'm not gonna try to like push no agenda. I don't have one because once again, I don't even know what that fucking means. I don't, like, all I know is like, I teach him simp- like the simple stuff, like you know what I'm saying about his quote unquote, you know, uh, uh, masculinity. But yeah, bro, you was born with a dick. You probably got like quite a few advantages over you know what I'm saying. Yo, your sisters and your yo, you know what I'm saying, in society. So you your sisters you. and your mothers and your aunties of society and all that. You, you, so you know what I'm saying, and grandmas just so you know keep that in mind and you know what I'm saying be considerate of, of them and and all that means. And, you know, then we will have more nuanced conversations as the kid get older. But like, other than that, it's just like, bro, you just gonna live life and be a have a fun, be a, have a. If you raise a good kid, you gonna raise a good man or like raise a good daughter like either one you just i'm gonna raise y'all basically the same other than like those like i said those little societal nuances i'm gonna make tell, make sure that you like just are aware of so that you when, when some shit happen you're not like shocked like if mm-hmm. you like you know if you offer to open the door for like a lady and she curse you out about her independence or something you can be like yeah bro well maybe she was just a lady who you know her 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 sector branch of feminism is you know like she she thought about you know explain to him what why why like yeah sometimes people can have harsh reactions to this don't don't react harshly to her mm-hmm. like like we like un- try to understand where she coming from or like you know what I'm saying if his if he has a girlfriend in the future and and, and she's sad about something you know what I'm saying and, and and it's like something very like centered around women in society he could just interact with her better but that's yeah. I'm gonna teach but the thing is I'm gonna teach him that about. Everyone. Doing that with people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, be considerate of people. Women are people. You're going to just know that. So you're just going to do yeah, it. Yeah, just to see the humanity in everyone. Yeah, so it's not going to be, like, specific about, like, oh, yeah, you got to treat her this way because she's a woman. It's going to be, like, you got to treat everybody with respect. And and uh, 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 part of respect is considering everybody's individual. Yeah, be mindful of the oh, differences yeah, that people are going to Yeah, so it's like, all right. You know that because she's a woman, she might be going through this. So you're just gonna be considerate of that fact. But the same way that if you like see a dude, a paraplegic, you're gonna be just considerate of the fact that he don't have legs or some mm-hmm. shit. And you're just gonna be like, okay, like I'm gonna. That's it. You're just gonna be considerate of people. So I'm just gonna teach my kid to be a good person. Basically done. 
I think that's the right answer. <laughs> that's it. I know it sounds I, I know it sounds vague. Easier said than yeah, done. Because people but, hear that and be like, yeah. and be like, well, you can't. I mean, you gotta. And that's why I added those nuances. Like, yeah, they're gonna know to be considerate and considerate yeah, means you, can't. you consider every individual exactly. scenario. So you, that's it. You just gonna have the whole shebang all in one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important to just establish that idea of striving for equality of outcome, even though that's not the lived reality. Yeah. Striving for, you know, justice. Like, yeah. you know, just be like, all right, that's it. We just going to... Uh, I'm telling you, I just want to raise my kids similar back. Look, bro, there, ain't, there really ain't supposed to be much to this life shit. All this extra shit is going on, but... Have fun. Have fun and be useful. Be purposeful. Like, have fun and, and, and help. Have fun with your fellow humans and help your fellow humans. And, you know, in my household, I'll just tell them, you know what I'm saying? Love God. If you don't believe in God, that's fine. It's on you. Just need to do what you got to do. But that's my advice. There we go. And that's it. I'm just going to, you know what I'm saying? That's it. I was just, that's all you can do. You just give your kids good advice. Really, mm-hmm. you just hope they take it. You be like, this is this is what what's helped me in my life. I hope it helps you. Go on and go forth and do better than I. Done. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think this was pretty good. Okay, you can cut that last part out. I was just talking to y'all. <laughs> what? No, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this was a good conversation. I feel like um, this is a good first step. I think more men need to do this with other men. And talk, talk to your, about the shit. Talk to your strong friends. Yeah, for real. TZ like, touchdown is is where we're headed. Facts. Facts. If you Facts. don't know who that is, fire. Check him out. You gotta learn. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Community Garden Podcast. And I think the next movie or the next episode is gonna be a movie episode. Lord of the Rings. Like, two the towers. Yeah, two tigers. Okay. But yeah, so thanks for listening and we'll listen or we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. Bye.